informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to voiceamerica.com. It's time to break through the barriers of belief and start thinking about things in a whole new way. You can remove the blocks in life to keep you from moving forward. The best part is you can begin right now. Welcome to Mindset Reset, live with Prudence Gensman. In today's program, you will learn proven mindset reset practices that you can put into use immediately to change your life. Now, here is Prudence Gensman. Welcome once again from the amazing Sage Summit right here in the amazing New Orleans, Louisiana. This is Prudence Gensman, your host for this next segment, and so excited to be here live You can tune into my show, Tuesday's Mindset Reset, live with Prudence Gensman on Voice America. More importantly right now, I have quite the honor to be able to share with you a piece of what I, a piece of the creation of everything that's happened here today, a piece of the creation of the Sage Summit. And when I say a piece, a big piece, my guest today is Leonard Kim. He is the Vice President of Research and Development. He is Mr. Innovation, and what I love is I feel I get to innovate the mind, and here he is innovating the world, one piece of technology at a time in such a grand way. Leonard, thank you so much for being a part of our show today. I'm glad to be here. I, I, I don't even know where to begin, you know. <laughs> it's such an endeavor, such a piece. What I love is the brilliance behind mm-hmm. what it is that you do. Tell me about your, tell me your story. How did you get to sit in this seat today to, to this place of innovation? What does that mean for you? Yeah, absolutely. So, Prudence, my journey uh, started uh, about 20 years ago uh, when after school, when I went to school in the Bay Area. And, you know, during that time, uh, we all know about that dot-com era, and I was, I was surrounded by all the innovation that was going around me. There were so many great ideas, companies that popped up left and right, many of them that are, aren't here today, but there are a few that flourished, and we know of a few. Google you know, happens to be one of them. I think that I've heard came of them. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, a small company. <laughs> <laughs> and over the years, um, as a technologist, I brought that mindset to other companies. As a matter of fact, just before joining Sage, I was at a company called DirecTV. And DirecTV is a large satellite provider of entertainment. Absolutely. And the, the company, um, if you look at what their business model is, their business model hasn't changed for 25 years. But they were struggling to move towards the future. And so one of the things that I uh, created over at DirecTV was a innovation lab within the company to really drive how do I change that mindset, not for the entire company. I'm not here to boil the ocean. I'm here to change a few minds. And if I can sell it for those few minds and really drive that initiative and change with a small group of people, eventually, like any movement where it starts with one person, it gets, it gets, a f- it, it, it gets, it, it starts to impact those around you and it starts to grow like wildfire. And every innovation that I've done and I've seen that happen to be that way. And when I came over to Sage, I saw the same themes. I saw a 30-year company that's been around, you know, same way, same technology for the past 30 years. And we started this group eight months ago with that mindset. How do we start small and grow like wildfire? And that's what we've introduced here with this year's Sage Summit. I, it's brilliant. It really is. What I love is when we can take a look at something that's been there a while. It, they really, Sage has had a strong foundation for a very long time. And what you really had the opportunity to do is come in and say, okay, we have this great foundation, these great pieces, 
and what's next and take another look and what's next. So That's right. what's next? Yeah. So um, as you know, Stephen Kelly had announced um, our Salesforce partnership. And really, this announcement um, was to leapfrog the competition, right? And we're not just here to make a incremental bit, you know, change. We are, I mean, most of our stuff here is largely around incremental. But this year, the main difference is we are here to also make some leapfrog changes because we want to serve that uh, business customer that is a millennial. And as you know, in five years, over 50% of our workforce are going to be the millennial workforce. Exactly and we right. have to plant the seed now. So what's next? What's next is we're really catering in terms of how we're going to cater to that millennial generation. Salesforce happens to be that platform that allows us to be able to do that fast. It's the speed of now, right? and make it look amazing. We have a great UX UI team because in the past, maybe our the, th the way things looked on the software may have not, not been as important, but today it's front and center. So, you know, putting an importance around UX UI, putting an importance around innovation. And I'm here to not only focus on just what's next, literally the next couple of things, but those millennials have higher expectations on innovation. Yes, they do. So then that pushes me to even think even further, right? It's not the millennials that I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about their children and how yep. I'm going to innovate for them. So we're always constantly pushing that envelope to make sure that we cater to that generation. Yeah, you absolutely have to look beyond just what's that next step. It's what's the step and the step and the step and the step. Correct. You know, one of the keynotes this morning said something brilliant. I love that he shared... He, his target market is he looks at the 10-year-olds yes. and builds the world around 10-year-olds yes. because everything that a 10-year-old is doing and influencing is, is going to influence their parents, their grandparents, and then their children to come. That's right. And he caters to that. What would be, when you're looking at your market and you're looking at the consumer or customer that can be using your products, what is, what's the key that you look for in finding that right fit and the match with your pieces of technology with their growing needs? The, the thing that I look for is how our customers, our customers uh, at the end of the day, I look for what's giving them a lot of pain, right? So, you know, when I talk about innovation, I talk about relevant innovation, right? I mean, so for example, um, I could have come out here today and brought out a 3D printer. Uh, and, you know, and, and Bree Pettis, Pettis who oh, was, was amazing. amazing, amazing. I could have brought out a 3D printer here and I said, hey, Bree, you know what, let's try to do something. But most of our customers here aren't using 3D printers, right? Although it's an awesome innovation and I believe it's going to really, really uh, change the manufacturing industry. Well, the innovation that I bring to the table is... What's, paying, what's bringing pain to our customers today? And they had they come to me and said, Leonard, you know what? I just, I really need a way to manufacture my products today in my back office. I would have brought that to the table. These customers are coming into us and saying, you know what, I'm a manufacturing company and I really need this type of customization. And that pain is what I look for. I look for how is it that I can help you make your life that much easier, that much more efficient, and ultimately, I'm here to help you make money, bring in those customers, retain those customers, communicate out. There's so many factors involved with running a business today. Mm. It's not the same as 20 years ago. Everything from social 
Do I have to manage a Facebook page? Do I have to have an Instagram? And you know, the, these things become more relevant with businesses, and you can get lost in the rubble. So if you, it's the more noise that's being created, and if I can help simplify that for people and for businesses, I like to I look for that so that that tends to be one of the areas in terms of innovation that I look for for, for customers. Because the truth is, technology is a people business. That's right. It's you cannot run technology without people. Correct. And it all boils back down. That's what I I feel like I'm in the people business. That's you right. know, to help people get past whatever block might say, oh, I can't do social media. Yes, you can. That's right. Let's start someplace. And and the truth is, technology is a people business. That's right. Without the people, the technology doesn't happen. That's right. So how do you how do you tie that in? How do you help someone that goes from because you all work with company very small. I sat at lunch with a, a woman who who does coaching here in New Orleans and mm-hmm. she uses the Sage One products okay. and then you use you have large corporations and companies using your products. So how are you able to cater to the people behind both subsets? Yeah, so ultimately um, it's people using our products and those people, depending on whether you're a one person team or a 500 person team, you're gonna start to see, see common themes across the board. That's, that's what it comes down to. Small folks need a lot of nimbleness, a lot of flexibility. They need it now. They need it available. And as a one-person shop, generally, you need things on the go. Mobility happens to be a key factor. So if you're a solopreneur, you're going to be at Sage Summit. Well, who's, who's back in the office you know, running your books? Well, you don't have exactly. anyone. You need that automation. You, you, you've, you, know, you don't, you don't want to hire another person just to take care of your books. You want that automated as much as possible. And Sage One is driving that. If you're a 5,000-person company or 500-person company, you're going to see some similar themes, right, around workflows, around being able to, you know, um, pull data from multiple sources. And we're talking about many, many different data sources and legacy systems. They have different problems, but you do see some common, common themes that come across the board. So, you know, as much as we can, we try to drive a lot of efficiencies in the one person solopreneur type of space. And we try to tie some of that in, in even to the 5,000 person company as well, because you see some commonalities across the board. Mm-hmm. So we try to hit it on demographics. We try to hit it on, you know, specific business types and verticals. But yet at the same time, we try to cut across everywhere. Uh, and I'll give you one simple example. One of the innovations that we're doing is around machine learning. And people think about what is machine learning and how does that help my business? Well, you know, if I was to pl- put it to you simply, what if I told you I'm going to catalog the entire internal revenue uh, uh, IRS code and you be able to ask any question that you'd like and I'm going to be able to simply tell you what it means to you and your business in terms of how you can save money, avoid uh, compliance issues and fees. But I can humanize it for you as a business because as a business, you have state laws, you have city laws, you have federal laws. There's so many things to take care of that both big and small businesses have to think about. And if I can help bring that value and simplify it for big and small business, that's how I think about how I can kind of cover the spectrum of the different types of co- groups that we have in our Well, groups. it becomes daunting. You know, I talk to many people who don't step out and st- create a business, create uh, a foundation, create whatever it is they're wanting to right. because they're afraid, because right. they get so overwhelmed right. with, with all of those pieces of information and how to start. And I have to tell you, one of the resounding themes I've picked up from these last three days is 
it all starts with a spark. It all starts somewhere. And and I would hope then that and now you know, the listeners are hearing, there are products out there to help so that you don't have to be overwhelmed and inundated. And it can start with Sage One and it can build to Sage, well, wherever Sage goes next. That's right. You know, Sage 1000, Sage 10,000, <laughs> Sage. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Now, I'm, so I'm curious then, going to the people perspective, yep. what is your goals? What do you hope, as, as you are the innovator behind Sage and the VP of Research and Development with Sage, yep. and how do you, Leonard, continue to also grow? for yourself and how are you meeting that? Because in my mind, the more that you're doing that as well, the more innovative you are within the company too. Sure, yeah, so, you know, one of the things that I've learned, uh, um, you know, early on in my career is, especially in Silicon Valley, is is that you've just got to try something, right? And and if you were, and most people who are during that time know that a thousand companies were created in one day and 999 of them went under the water the next day. But that philosophy sticks with you because out of that nine, out of that 999 that failed, one of them came out and became a great organization. So, for example, Google, right? Google right. came in and they thought they were going to build one thing, and they turned around and created this great algorithm that helped billions of people worldwide. And today, it's on every phone, every mobile uh, application. It's everywhere. At Innovation Lab, we tend to think of it the same way. There are so many problems to solve. We can't tackle everything, but we'd like to think of ourselves as an organization that builds things quickly, iteratively, and to be able to fail quickly as well. We have to, but we never quit. We are a group of risk takers, and I've hand-selected people on my team that think the same way. And as a matter of fact, if you haven't done anything, that's one of the questions that I ask in my interview question. What do you consider yourself uh, as an entrepreneur and what have you failed in and hopefully you know it could be anything in life it doesn't have to be out to technology and um, we're here today to take some risks as well as a, we have a big crowdsourcing wall out there we did a hackathon 20 ideas were submitted and we're asking the attendees here to vote on it and we'd like to take one of those ideas to market and we're going to test those ideas with the customers that voted for them and try it out and we've got to try all different kinds of things because frankly you're just not sure what's going to stick Right, and you've heard the stories about a kid building something in a garage and and making it a multi-billion dollar company. That's the mentality that we have and want to make sure that we drive that mentality here. And and you can see it. When you look around here at the Sage Summit, when you look around and when I've had the chance to speak with other companies that are here, other people that use the products, that are partners with Sage, that are working with your pieces, you can see and hear all of the excitement that comes from being able to take what Sage is doing and take their own businesses to the next level. That's right. And and when you're open to taking on ideas from other people, because the truth is, is, is a business is never one solo person. Even a solopreneur has to have customers and clients and interests. And so what Sage is doing is is reaching out to the people that really are wanting these products and and being so open to hearing about innovative thoughts that you just never know where that next thought's going to come from. So I commend you for opening up the the stage in quite sure. that way. That's sure. fantastic. Sure. So, so give us a few tips. Yeah. Give us a few tips as let's let's say let's start with a small business and then a big business. Okay. Give us some tips. What are things? And it might be the same the same answer. What are key components to being persistent in seeking out and being open to innovative change? 
You know, ultimately, um, businesses, and let's think about it like this. Clay Christensen, who was a professor at Harvard and uh, wrote a couple of articles around innovation and why companies fail from generation to generation. Yes, he's written about big companies, but you know, if you think about the companies that were around, that were started 100 years ago, only a very small percentage, under 1%, are actually around today. Yeah, it's amazing. And so you ask yourself, why? Why aren't these companies able to transform and move and adapt to the new environments that we're in 50 years later? So one of the things that I would always recommend, as a small business, medium-sized business, doesn't matter what size that you are, you have to learn how to adapt to the changing environment. If you're not open to different ideas, right then that's gonna likely hurt you because I can guarantee one thing there's always gonna be somebody out there that's gonna do it just differently and is gonna beat out the competition because they're doing it faster cheaper more efficient whatever it might be and to be in tune with the changing environment I believe is key to success right because you're serving customers those customers are not going to be the same customers 50 years from now. They're going to be a different set of customers with different set of needs and wants. Netflix was the same way. They started out doing what? Sending out DVDs and, uh, 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 in, in your mail. mailbox, right? But had they stayed that way, they would be just like what Blockbuster is today. And some other company would have come out called something else that was streaming called Hulu, whatever it might be. <laughs> and Hulu may be just, uh, just as big as Netflix. Right. But Netflix adapted. And they said, hey, the future of entertainment is at my house, what laying down and binge watching because that's what I do, right? I, I binge, I, I, yeah. I binge watched, you know, so many TV shows I can't even tell you. And then number two, guess what they did? They went down to the next step and they said, you know what? We're gonna produce our own shows. I can't tell you how many Grammys Netflix has won. So that type of innovation to be able to beat out yourself, to be able to think outthink yourself, is going to be one of the key ingredients for success and hopefully a multi-generational business beyond, say, just you, right? So, absolutely. You know, Leonard, I could just sit and talk to you, I think, all day. I just, <laughs> I love it, and I love that you don't live far from me, so <laughs> I'm gonna pick your brain some more. But we're getting down to, and I've got time probably for one more question. Sure. So this is my question. When you are challenged, when you come across something and you kind of feel bumped against a wall a little bit, what goes through your mind? What yeah. do you say to yourself? Yeah that helps you to push past seeing something in a limited way to take it to another step in innovation. Yep. So um, I am a big fan of Elon Musk. And for those of you who don't know who he is, he created PayPal, SpaceX, Tesla. I love his cars, by the way. They're beautiful. Um, beautiful cars. <laughs> Elon Musk said this, right? And I'm a big fan of it. As long as it does not defy the laws of physics, anything is possible, right? And the only person that is making it impossible for you is yourself. is yourself. So if it doesn't defy the laws of physics, in other words, somebody asks me, hey, Leonard, can you fly from here to you know, New York and, and, and teleport yours? Of course, th these things defy the laws of physics. Anything outside of that is absolutely doable. Exactly. Right? So in theory, um, when, when, when difficult things come my way, um, I don't know everything. Elon Musk will tell you the same thing. He's a he. He's like his. The, the, my friends who know him say his brain is like a computer, so he can talk to a PhD in physics and actually learn literally on the spot, and then become an expert in that field within weeks or months. Oh, that's incredible, right? That's how he knows things like you know SpaceX and rocket ships and things like that. I would do the same thing. I'm not an expert, but 
it's a people person business we live in a world of people and reality is is that if I don't know anything I'm gonna pick up the phone and call the people that may know so networking happens to happens to be one of the key resources that I have and people relationships happens to be one of the best things that I can ever leverage whenever I run into a problem so I think ultimately uh, as a business as a entrepreneur as a innovator you have to try to think along those lines and think big because I, I believe, in, in, in terms of what we're doing here at Sage, I believe we are only going to be our own limitation if that's, what, if that's how we think. And so um, Elon Musk um, has been a good mentor in terms of how he thinks, and that's a lot of the philosophy that we carry within ourselves is reach out, network at events like this, you know, talk with a lot of people. In fact, all of these businesses that are out here have some type of innovation that we can learn from, right? We, we don't have to take every idea out of it, but we can network with people and then drive that together. And that network is going to be key to solving some of the difficult problems that we have today. And a big part of what I hear you saying is don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to look at other avenues. Look at, see where sometimes unlikely thoughts might come from. How do you, know, how do you combine space with, as um, one of the speakers this morning, Dolly Singh, how do you combine space technology with feet footwear? And she's creating amazing aerodynamic shoes for That's women. Right. Um, not being afraid to step out and not being afraid to ask. That's right. And most CEOs are not experts in their field. Most CEOs surround themselves with experts in my marketing, in finance, in whatever it might be. They create that awesome team. And they create a team that works really, really well together. Uh, Patrick Lencioni wrote a book, the, the, the what was it, the, the, f the failures of the five habits. I forget what it's called, the, the, the team dynamics. So you can have the smartest people in the world and the dynamics don't work out and, and it doesn't matter what you do and it fails. That people relationship dynamics and that intuitive smartness together trying to solve a problem, I mean, at the end of the day is, is amazing. I really do believe Getting, and I did this at DirecTV. I got a bunch of 15-year-olds in the room, and I started asking them big problems. Like, you know, what would you do if TV wasn't around? And the insights that I got out of 15-year-olds were more insightful than I would have ever gotten anywhere else amongst corporate executives. Fantastic. And, you know, you've just got to think outside the box like that. And have a really good team to be able to surround yourself, to think differently. And I think that's going to be some of the key ways for us to be able to drive different things for the future. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, this is Prudence Gensman with Mindset Reset, live with Prudence Gensman. I have been speaking with Leonard Kim, the Vice President of Research and Development, really the Mr. Innovations for SAGE. It has been my absolute honor, and I really would love to have you back sometime <laughs> on my show so we can talk some more because innovation is out there in any field, any market, any world, and, right. and the more that we talk about it, the more that we open ourselves to a higher level of understanding of it, and we open people to other people who are just beginning to say, well, maybe there's something more I can Absolutely. do. Thank you so much for being a part of I'm the show to today. Thank it's you been Prudence. a pleasure. We'll be right back from the Sage Summit.